Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome to Channel 127. This is the little show that could tell me everything. We are so glad you were with us. We'll be talking about other things that have nothing to do with what's going on in the Congress. I promise we're going to cover everything that happened in the news today. Everything the news itself didn't find time to cover because we're watching a shit show that's happening inside a train wreck. Max Burns, journalist and organizer, just texted me, Chris, and he said, you know, you know, the humming for Steve Scalise, McCarthy's number two, is growing louder when pro-McCarthy allies are floating talking points against him. And he says, I'm telling you, man, I'm going to be right. He thinks it's going to be Steve Scalise over Jim Jordan. I wrote him back. I said, so you're thinking it's going to be the white supremacist before it's the molesting enabler? And to his credit, Max wrote back saying, don't worry. I'm sure the caucus is working out some concessions to leave no pederast behind. It's come to this, folks. We want to hear your thoughts. Is it good to laugh at this? I do think it is for the national psyche. Uh, is it wise to laugh at this? Could this come back at any point in the future? It certainly does seem like Democrats are, as they say, in array Chris Hauselt is our executive producer. He is coming to you live from South Carolina. Uh, the great Thea Harper, our associate producer, is coming to you right from Brooklyn. And we are so glad to be with you. I'm going to be playing in a Garrison, New York on the 21st of January. I got to start promoting this. I'm working out a new show. So come on down if you're in the, the, the Hudson Valley area. Come on down. Uh, I'll be giving all the information out in the name of the venue and everything. But Garrison, New York on Saturday, the 21st. It's time to get back to doing live shows for a brand new year. And again, we want to hear from you all night. It's a great day for comedy. It's also a pretty scary day um, if you are as concerned as I am about Ron DeSantis. So here's the short version of it, because folks, I came back yesterday, wanted to have a, a lovely, lovely opening rant. We do these F-bomb rants at the top of the show for you listening live, our evil army of the night, or you daywalkers listening on the podcast or on demand or on the app. And, and I wanted to talk about the holidays and all the people we lost over the holiday break and all the great movies, but no, it had to be all about Kevin McCarthy. And today I'm afraid it's, uh, you know, you watch the headlines all day, you think, oh, maybe there'll be something more interesting than this. But folks, this, at this scale, at this level of humiliation, this level of chaos has not happened in our country legislatively since before the Civil War. And here's what you got to know. They're governing right now exactly how they will govern over the next two years. What you are seeing right now is Joe Biden's dream campaign for 2024. The House Republican leadership standoff is in their second day. And at this point, we're looking to see what kind of jokes people make about it. Kevin can wait. I heard all day today. Kevin's gate. I heard a few times. I'm going to go for the talking heads and say Kevin is a place, a place where nothing, nothing ever happens. <laughs> Because Republican leader McCarthy uh, is, again, being completely stymied and outplayed by a small group of hardline racist morons demanding concessions that they don't actually want or other candidates that they wouldn't actually support. They just want to humiliate him. They just want to own a rhino. Kevin McCarthy is shocked that the most selfish, petulant caucus of U.S. politicians ever assembled in history somehow can't find consensus. The House of Representatives can conduct no further business, and uh, members can't be sworn in until we have a speaker. So this morning, Donald Trump decided to throw his weight around and uh, call on all House Republicans to back Kevin McCarthy, who had already lost three times by this morning to be the speaker. 
Now, remember, voters overwhelmingly rejected a whole lot of Trump-endorsed candidates and ideas. Just, oh, what was it now? Yeah, two months ago this week. And it turns out the fascist caucus, uh, they weren't swayed either. Here, here, Listen to this one. This is as we got up to the fifth vote. The fifth vote, folks. In the middle of the day, I, I got to say, I was waiting all summer with the not with the January six hearings. I, I wanted to see Kevin take the fifth. I, I didn't expect it to come out this way. But here is uh, Congressman Warren Davidson of Ohio begging for unity from his fractured party. You know, something in our nature as humans causes us to dehumanize others when we engage in conflict. Dehumanizing others makes it easier to ascribe bad motives and to engage in the fight. But it also makes it harder to understand one another. As actions push further disagreement, arguments tend to escalate rather than resolve. We're on the precipice of such a destructive argument today. I plead with all, all of my Republican colleagues let cooler, more rational heads prevail. Let us unite as Republicans to elect the next Speaker of the House. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, by the way, is uh, Warren Davidson, who got a great rating from the Tea Party, who tried to overturn Obamacare, who actually got in a lot of trouble uh, early last year, about a year ago, because he did a tweet where he compared vaccine mask mandates to Nazi Germany and had to apologize to Jewish leaders. That's Warren Davidson saying that we have to stop dehumanizing each other. And look, <laughs> Kevin has waited. Remember back in 2015, we thought he was going to become speaker. We thought he was going to take the gavel from John Boehner. But then there were these rumors of an affair, which he's, he's denied. And then when, uh, 2018, he, he was going to be speaker. He, it was his turn. But Republicans lost the House in the blue wave midterm. And so now, finally, finally, they have this tiny little majority in the House. It's Kevin's moment. And their party is too brutishly stupid and dysfunctional to even think about governing. And and here, here's the other one. McCarthy tried. Oh, he's bought off so many MAGA men. Of the 20 Congress people who have prevented him from becoming Speaker six times in the last two days, Kevin McCarthy donated to 17 of the 20 or as I call it, manna from Kevin. Yeah, sorry. But it didn't work. He groveled. He went to Mar-a-Lago to pose for photos with Trump less than a month after the terrorist attack Trump caused on January 6th. And please don't forget it. It was terrorism, according to the dictionary. And Trump caused it. If Trump hadn't lied, they wouldn't have been there. And now Kevin McCarthy has groveled. He has caved so many times there were miners trapped inside of him. And this afternoon, they were not able in the GOP leadership to whip the votes to adjourn the House for negotiations. So they had to sit there and let him be humiliated again and again and again. Like Ben Shapiro sitting in the corner watching real men with his wife. Except that brings them closer together. So I have nothing but respect, Ben. You, you, whatever. I'm not here to king shame. So um, they couldn't do it. McCarthy had to watch himself. Three more times. His total number of defeats now stands at six. And finally, they agreed to break for some backroom meetings until about 8 p.m. Um, in the sixth vote and the fourth and the fifth today, all 20 anti-McCarthy members voted because it's just a fuck you. And they don't mean anything because they're not serious men and they can't govern and they have no ideology whatsoever. We can't even call them fascists because fascists actually believe in something. These guys believe in just getting on Fox News and becoming bros in the joe rogan room so um in the sixth vote they went for byron donalds the congressman from florida who flipped yesterday and went from a pro kevin to an anti-kevin here you will hear on the fourth vote uh congressman chip roy nominating the defector byron donalds to be the speaker of the house yesterday my first vote for speaker of the house was for byron donalds today i'm rising to nominate Byron Donalds for Speaker of the House of Representatives. Byron is a dear friend, a solid conservative, but most importantly, a family man who loves dearly his wife Erica, his three children, has a proven track record as a businessman public service 
in the Florida legislature and now as a member of the United States Congress. Now, here we are, and for the first time in history, there have been two black Americans placed into the nomination for Speaker of the House. Except one of them, Byron Donalds, who we're nominating, is completely insincere, and it's just a stunt. And who is Byron Donalds, by the way? Uh, his, uh, his resume includes arrest for drug distribution and pleading guilty to felony bribery. What? Yes. Byron Donalds, the black congressman from Florida, pled guilty to bribing, uh, bribery for trying to defraud a bank, and then he chaired the Insurance and Banking Committee in the Florida House of Representatives. Oh, MAGA, 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 MAGA. So all these people that Kevin McCarthy sucked up to all stabbed him in the back. Who knew there was no honor among fascists? All Democrats, again, voted for Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, the minority leader from the state of New York. Congresswoman Victoria Spartz of Indiana, who voted for McCarthy three times yesterday, she just voted present today. I mean, Kevin did worse today than he did yesterday. Now, here's the thing. This should surprise no one. This party stands for nothing but personal power and and empowering horrible people. That's what they do. They, they The worst part of the comment section has come to life. The crazy racists who used to call C-SPAN and froth at the mouth in the 90s are now running the Republican Party. The GOP bowed down and empowered Donald Trump and then Trump empowered the most racist, rabid members of the base, and they couldn't be controlled. And Kevin McCarthy groveled for Trump after the insurrection. Kevin McCarthy, hours after those thugs in MAGA hats tried to kill our democracy, Kevin McCarthy, a thug in a shitty cheap suit, tried to kill it. And they can't control it. Republicans didn't even bother having a new convention platform. Remember in 2020? Their platform was whatever Trump wants. They're not trying to govern. The majority of House Republicans tried to overturn our election. They're not interested in governance. They're interested in auditioning for right-wing media whore idol. And that's it. You're going to Newsmax, dog. And can I just can I just also say, uh, we have great guests. I want to get to your calls. Uh, enough of my yapping. But before we go, well, what kind of sociopathic, masochist, kink, humiliation, fetishist wants this job? What, what, who wants to run the Republican House of Representatives? What the, what the hell? What kind of head injury? So what, 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 what is your damage? I mean, if your job... Trying to run this caucus means you have to corral every day um, the moderates who are nice people who are wrong about everything always. And then the establishment Republicans, you know, racists who hold down jobs in government, uh, the MAGA people who are racist and people who can hold down jobs in the world and the ultra MAGA, which is just racist and slobbering goobers. And you've got to try to corral these tribes and make them find consensus. You know, the real story today who won today, and it wasn't Akeem Jeffries, even though he's now gotten the most votes for Speaker six times in two days, which I'm pretty sure has never happened in our lifetimes. Donald Trump made this phone call today to back McCarthy, and it didn't work. Think about that. Think about how weak his influence looks tonight in D.C. and across the country and in Florida. Think about the fact that Donald Trump gave this whole statement saying Republicans take the victory, and they ignored him. Here's Lauren Boebert, MAGA favorite, confirming that uh, Trump was making calls to the McCarthy holdouts in her nominating speech for Byron Donalds. And she suggests that Donald Trump was actually asking the wrong person to back off when he criticized her breakaway group of radical fascist morons. Listen to the layers. Uh, tell me tell me where the, the dumb and the hypocrisy and the crazy overlap in the Venn diagram that are these words. Let's work together. Let's stop with the campaign smears and tactics to get people to turn against us. Even having my favorite president call us and tell us we need to knock this off, I think it actually needs to be reversed. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes and it's time to withdraw. With that, I yield, thank you. Now, just think about what you just said. It's a level of dumb that could stop light like a black hole. She's she's saying that Donald Trump should be the one, the one person in America who should get on the phone and tell Kevin McCarthy, I'm sorry, but you've lost this election. You didn't get enough votes to win. You should gracefully step aside. She wants Donald Trump to do that. 
and I want to marry Amber Heard. It sounds like it's a lot of fun. So, you know, Donald Trump campaigning for McCarthy, it was very half-hearted. You could tell he didn't really care. But the fact is, he doesn't care at all. If Donald Trump cared, he would go scorched earth on Matt Gates. He would go scorched earth on Lauren Boebert. He won't criticize the frothing MAGA fascists who are going after the guy he's endorsing because Donald Trump, like the rest of them, doesn't care. He only cares about himself. Ron DeSantis won today. Ron DeSantis really won today. I mean, McConnell has power, but he's totally unpopular with his own party. But DeSantis, sworn in for his second term yesterday, starting to beat Trump in more and more polls. And now they just showed Trump having no influence over the MAGA Congress. So who's going to be speaker? Will it be Steve Scalise? Will it be Patrick McHenry in North Carolina? Will it be Jim Jordan, Elise Stefanik? All I know is it's going to be a comedy machine, brothers and sisters, and I'm really glad to be here with you. All of the jokes about getting popcorn are completely appropriate. Let's have a lot. Let's enjoy this. Stop and smell the train wreck because the Republican Party has delivered Joe Biden exactly the campaign theme he needs in 2024. These guys can't even negotiate with each other. You can have us and look what we've done, or you can have these yahoos. And once again, it'll all come down to how scared the independents are. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I'm John Fugel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. We're at 866-997-4748. I'm so happy to welcome Victor Shee back to the show. Uh, he's a terrific activist and broadcaster. He's also a junior at UCLA. Um, but he was most recently elected as the youngest delegate for Joe Biden to the DNC convention of 2020 at the age of 17, getting over 42,000 votes in Illinois' 10th congressional district. He was an organizer on the Joe Biden for President campaign as well. And you might also know Victor from his uh, stints on MSNBC, CNN, NBC, PBS NewsHour, and he's co-host of the podcast Intergenerational Politics with our very dear friend Jill Weinbanks. And then Victor, there's there's you have another your new podcast as well, right? You're the busiest man in politics. <laughs> yes, we, we actually just launched that with um, the same um, media network called Politicon called On the Move with Victor Sheehan that um, airs every day at 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Eastern time. It's been really fun so far. That's terrific. Congratulations. You're a terrific broadcaster. And it's been really fun seeing your uh, your punditry career take off. I, I can only imagine what your take is on uh, on what we've witnessed. I, I, the biggest debate we're having is, um, is, is it okay to enjoy this as much as we are? I, I think enjoying it is is something we've earned. I think everyone who's fought for democracy gets to enjoy watching fascists attack them all with polo mallets. Um, but I, I, I'm just curious what your initial thoughts are, and did you expect it would make it to six votes? Well, I think the word right now is Schodenfreude, which is um, the, the German word for taking pleasure in, in, in other people's pains. And in this yes. case, it's Kevin McCarthy and the Republican Party. And and I think for me, when I see this, you know, it, it, I, I find it actually quite sad, but also a little bit inevitable. And I think we're kind of watching the demise of the Republican Party right now. I mean, yesterday, Tuesday was supposed to be a day where you had members bring in their families and they would That's get right. sworn in. It was a, supposed to be a day of celebration. 
But, you know, yesterday, Kevin McCarthy lost not once, not twice, but three times. Um, you know, he kept on going and going and going. There was no way that he went onto the House floor not knowing that he would lose. Um, and if he did, then it just goes to show just how ineffective of a leader he is. And I couldn't help but think about the difference between, you know, yesterday, um, Speaker Pelosi stepped down um, at noon and then um, gave the power over to um, uh, Republicans to decide who the speaker was. And that was just such a clear contrast. You had Speaker Pelosi, whose biggest skill set was counting votes and whipping her caucus. Um, remember true. back in 2021, uh, she had the same margin as Republicans do right now in the House, and That's she right. still managed to get enough votes in the House. And so right now, I think what you're seeing with Kevin McCarthy is, you know, you have to wonder why he's doing that. I'm sure we can get into that later. But to me, it seems like, you know, this is just this attempt by Kevin McCarthy to hold on to power at all costs. And it's putting the country, I think, in a really bad place that's making a mockery of Congress as an institution and just halting a lot of the progress that needs to be done um, in in our nation's most powerful uh, legislative body. What do you think of the uh, the Taliban 20, as some Republicans are calling them, uh, this this Freedom Caucus offshoot mutation that is uh, doing everything they can do to not just defeat Kevin McCarthy, but but humiliate him? With cruelty on a public level, it's it's fascinating because I I keep hearing a lot of pundits, Victor, say, "Well, what what do they want? What 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 do they want?" And it's like they're like they're institutionalists who have a political goal. They're they're here. They they want to throw bombs. That's what they want. They want to be seen as outliers. They want to be able to have fundraising emails back home to raise money off of this, and they. They want to go on Fox and Newsmax and and become famous off of this. I I don't think it goes any deeper than that. Is there any kind of ideological value at play here? I'm not sure there is. I I think what you're seeing with this Freedom Caucus or or like you coined it, the the Taliban Caucus, basically. I mean, it's it's something that is, I think, so indicative of where I think how deeply divided the Republican Party is and kind of how the House Republicans show just how messed up the Republican Party is. You have these 20 people like Lauren Boebert, Matt Gaetz, um, you know, Paul Goser, these people, Chip Roy, all of these people kind of represent those insurrectionists who um, were totally okay with insurrectionists coming in and storming the Capitol. And, yeah. and you have, you know, these these people um, basically giving Kevin uh, a deal. And, and, and I think Kevin has already failed on this part where basically he... Uh, listen to them he he gave them what they wanted and and what they wanted were were things that were just so absurd and and i think just completely makes a fool out of out of this this congress and so i think what you're seeing right now with these 20 people is um you know it's sad but you know these are people who um I, I'm afraid their constituents won't even um, vote them out of office next time. You have people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates. These are the people who have the most concentrated uh, districts of Republican voters. And so they feel like they are invincible. I think all they want to do is sow chaos, sow division. And That's like you it. said, they're willing to burn the party, maybe even the country, I don't know, but definitely the party to the ground uh, because they don't want someone like uh, Kevin McCarthy. And you remember yesterday, um, they even nominated Jim Jordan to be the speaker. Jim Jordan first nominated Kevin McCarthy to be the speaker of the House. And then Matt Gates came up and said, you know, we want Jim Jordan to be the speaker. He ended up getting 20 votes uh, in the last mm-hmm. round. And he ended up saying today, look, I don't want to be uh, nominated as speaker. And um, so you have these people who I think are just completely hellbent on making um halting progress and also making it hard for Congress to do its job. I would even say in a perverse irony, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates are opposing each other, but they really both want the same exact thing, things to go well for them. Marjorie Taylor Greene doesn't care about Kevin McCarthy and Matt Gates doesn't really hate Kevin McCarthy either. They're all in a cult of selfishness operating just for their own futures. Now, uh, from this 20, uh, half of them are from three three states, Arizona, Florida and Texas. Five of them are, are newly elected. What's fascinating, as you know, is 17 of the 20 Kevin McCarthy gave money to to help them yeah. get the jobs they're now using against him. But also almost all of them, Victor were endorsed by Donald Trump and they were not swayed in any way by Donald Trump's message today, telling them that they should go vote for Kevin McCarthy. He'll be a good speaker, maybe even great. What an endorsement. Um, It's very telling that Donald Trump didn't attack any of the never cabins. He didn't go scorched earth on any of them. But what does it say about his mojo, sir, that uh, he was pretty much ignored by the most rabidly MAGA in the Republican House? 
One of the best moments today was Lauren Boebert when she was giving um, her uh, speech on the House floor and she turned over and looked at Kevin McCarthy directly and said, maybe you should call up Donald Trump because you simply don't have enough votes. That's paraphrasing. But basically, she told um, Kevin McCarthy straight up to his face that, you know, what he, he, she saw Donald Trump's, um, you know, very loose quotes uh, endorsement. And, and you know, he, he should go call him and say that, you know, there aren't enough votes um, to to be speaker. And so I think you're seeing Donald Trump this morning take to Twitter or take to social um, truth social um, and and really, I think, try to cast his influence. But here's the reality. And I think what you saw today and especially in the midterm elections. The majority of people who Trump endorsed in the midterm elections voted against um, what Trump wanted. And I think that's because voters are so sick and tired of this extremism. They know, I think, they're much smarter than Republicans give them credit for um, this election denialism, this attempt to subvert democracy, to make it harder to vote. I think voters just want normalcy. And so that's what they voted in 2022 in the midterm election. That's why so many of the Republican uh, endorsed candidates by Trump uh, in states like Arizona for secretary of state uh, and across the country. It's why I think they they lost. It's because people were so turned off by that. And then, of course, today he he comes out and endorses Kevin McCarthy and he didn't move a single vote. Not one not person one. changed their vote from yesterday. And, and, and I thought that was quite remarkable and I think shows that, you know, Trump really isn't that popular of a figure. He doesn't really have that much of an influence. And Kevin McCarthy, for, for, for that matter, also um, is... I don't think very well liked in the House. And so I think you have this combination of Kevin McCarthy and Donald Trump who are proving themselves to be perhaps the biggest losers in um, modern politics and, and history. I would agree. I mean, I would say that Donald Trump is probably still the most popular Republican in the country and maybe the most powerful. But um, it's hard not to view everything we saw in the last two days as an enormous victory, another enormous victory for Ron DeSantis, who now is just having more proof of Donald Trump's lack of power within the party. I, I felt this when I was watching the January 6th hearings. I mean, Mitch McConnell, the Republican establishment, Kevin McCarthy hates Donald Trump. All these guys want him gone. They have squeezed all the value they can out of him. And they have their new Maggle King. And it's DeSantis. I, I, I see what happened today as directly benefiting the DeSantis campaign. I, I do think that the person who stands to benefit the most is Ron DeSantis. I mean, he's been particularly quiet. And I think, you know, for Republicans who might be turned off by this, I think Ron DeSantis is going to frame himself as the Republican who is, you know, I don't agree with this, but he's going to frame himself, I think, as a Republican who can offer this alternative to Trump, um, but yeah. still, I guess, govern effectively and competently because, um, and I hope that's where Democrats, I think, uh, from this draw the biggest lesson is going to 2024 and, and even some of the elections in 2023, I think the choice couldn't be clear. If you vote for Republicans, you're going to get incompetency. You're going to get a Republican Party that doesn't know how to govern, doesn't know how to count votes, doesn't know how to pass things that will benefit your life. Whereas you have Democrats and you see this in the Senate where people are already sworn in. They're already uh, well underway in terms of making progress on the American people, confirming judges, confirming ambassadors that Biden has appointed and actually helping the American people because they are controlled by uh, Chuck Schumer and, and Democrats. And so I think you're seeing these right. two, you know, diff, uh, night and day, basically, this contrast between what Democrats are able to do and the Rep what Republicans are able to do. And so I hope going into 2024, that's the message that the choice is so clear. It's not about the issues. It's whether or not people can actually govern and do the job necessary to make yeah. your life better. And so I, I hope that's the takeaway that Democrats take from this and, and and really propel going into 2024. Well, it sounds like you're writing the talking points that Joe Biden is going to need, because I, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, it, you know, watching Hakeem Jeffries you know, put his feet up on the desk and enjoy all the devastation. I mean, he does get a very healthy head start now. The new Democratic yeah. leadership is going to have two years of drama free cohesion, it appears. And, you know, Joe Biden's strongest credential as a campaigner is drawing contrast between him and whoever his opponent is. I mean, it doesn't matter what his negative numbers are. He'll say what the other guy stands for and what I stand for, folks. It, it really does seem like uh, they are making things very good for the Democratic Party over the next two years right now. What we're witnessing, this rancor, them hating each other, I don't see it changing. And I don't see another speaker being able to be a unifier for this party. And, and no matter who becomes speaker, I mean, the, the position of speakership, no matter who becomes it, is going to be so weakened. I mean, you it takes 
at least six rounds, at least seven rounds, actually, to, to get someone to uh, even come close to the speakership. And so whoever takes that position, they're going to be taking the position uh, with the perception of a party that doesn't even have enough votes to nominate a speaker on the first round. So how can they actually govern as a as a party, as a majority, and actually get things done? And, and you hear this from a lot of the people who are speaking on the House floor. They don't offer any real policy um, proposals. Yesterday, um, Jim Jordan used the word oversight investigations. That's their plan going into 2024. You're going to see the Republican Party basically do everything they can to obstruct what Democrats want to do to investigate people like Hunter Biden and people in the Biden administration. So I think as we have in 2024, this can only benefit um, I think Democrats, and, and I hope the Democrats are much more aggressive in terms of how they push back against this narrative. But you know, you have this party right now. Democrats have done a tremendous job of kind of lining their ducks in a row. You have someone, you have someone like Kim Jeffries being the first black leader of a party who's received all of the Democratic votes, more than Kevin McCarthy right. um, on all six rounds so far. And then you also have a Democratic Party that's nominated people like Jamie Raskin to be ranking members of the House Oversight Committee and other great. You know, first time candidates like Maxwell Frost as a Gen Zer. So you really have this strong slate of um, candidates who I think are committed, even though they're minor- the minority, I think they're committed to governing. They're still going to try to make progress and introduce bills. And then on the other hand, you're going to have this Republican Party that just launches these sham investigations using taxpayer money. And yeah. I think that's going to be the contrast the American people are going to really see up close. I mean, Victor, I think we saw in the general election that running on going after Hunter Biden for stuff he might have done, that might help you get a Republican nomination. It's not going to help you with the general. And it just seems like, again, these Republicans never learn anything. So who who's it going to be, Mr. Xi? Who will ultimately wind up being Speaker of the House if you had to bet? Well, it's definitely not going to be Kevin McCarthy. I think... You don't uh, think he can pull it off? Huh? You don't think he can pull it? You don't think he can pull it off? <laughs> I I don't think he's going to pull it off. I I don't think no matter how hard he tries, no matter how many pizza boxes he gets delivered to the spe- to the um to his speaker uh, room, which he probably right. won't have for long, he's not going to get the number of people he he needs. I think those twenty people in the House Freedom Caucus are very very set on Byron Donalds, who is their nominee. But I think if there's any alternative, but he's not. They don't really I'm, mean. They don't re- They don't really want Byron no. Donalds to be the speaker of the House no. at all. But yeah. No, you, definitely not. What do you think I mean, they like? If I were a budding person, I would say maybe Steve Scalise, but yeah, maybe. Too. Too. And I, I don't know even if he can get enough uh, enough votes, but I, I think he's probably the best option that Republicans have. And if, if, if not that, then I think they're really going to have to work with Democrats because, um, you know, I, I interviewed <laughs> Representative Torres this morning on, on the on the podcast, and he said there is no way that um, Democrats are going to be voting for uh, anyone who's Republican because they're not going to be passing on this historic moment to nominate the first black person as the leader of a major political party. And so I think Republicans, That's this right. is on Republican shoulders. And, um, you know, this is what happens when you don't have enough votes and you can't expect Democrats to do anything. You know, we were in the same position a couple of years ago with Nancy Pelosi. She also got the votes. She was able to whip her caucus. Republicans have to get their act together. I think you're right. Um, I, I agree with you about Scalise. I think that he probably would be the most formidable one. I would bet cash money. He's already had a lot of talks about it. When I see how yeah. vociferously he's defending Kevin McCarthy, you know, the, whoever will be the next speaker already knows it. And they've already smiled and shook Kevin McCarthy's hand. I can tell you that. Um, the, the, and, the you know, at this point, I, I don't know if anyone even wants to be speaker of the House. I think it's one of those things that, you know, people look at the job they look at what's what's entailed and and you know kevin mccarthy i think is a is an exception to the republican republican party he's someone who has worked basically his entire political life so that he can be speaker and i don't think yeah. there's anyone who wants to do that you saw jim jordan i think a lot of them want to lead committees i think a lot of them want to have high profile you know positions but none of them i think want to be speaker and so i think that's why you're seeing not many people uh, even steve squeeze throw his name in the ring I think you're very right, and I think they will never, ever, ever let Jim Jordan get anywhere close to that gavel. I mean, these guys have a lot of baggage, all of them. Uh, Victor, before I let you go, any thoughts on Joe Biden showing up for a big bipartisan love fest with Mitch McConnell today? I thought, I thought, wow, who benefits more from this? Because clearly Mitch McConnell is trying in his waning days to draw as broad a contrast between himself and the infighting in the House as possible. But seeing them both you know, standing under a Kentucky bridge that so many politicians have promised to repair and now it's actually going to happen. 
that's not big government. That's good government. What did you think? I think it, I think it was a great display of what happens when both parties are able to work together. And, you know, you, you have this moment, like you said, where Mitch McConnell uh, came together with Joe Biden in Kentucky today while the House was in absolute chaos. And you couldn't see a starker image between what good government can do and what this government can do with, um, you know, a House controlled uh, by Republicans. And so I think it's a very stark contrast. And um, I, I hope that can continue. But it seems like, you know, at least in the House, that's not going to continue for long. Uh, but I but I do hope in terms of going forward, I, I know this was uh, particularly for the infrastructure bill, but I'm concerned. I, I hope that Democrats don't do more campaigning as it relates to things like the Inflation Reduction Act with Republicans, because we all know that Republicans are going to try to take credit for a lot of the things that the Biden administration does. I think Republicans, uh, especially for the Inflation Reduction Act, and we've seen them already start to tout some of the things that they voted against. Every single Republican voted against that bill in the Senate and the House. And so I think the American people have to understand that the Republican Party voted against that bill. And we can't. I think it, it, I think it becomes really dangerous to do campaign events with them, especially when they voted against that. I think on things like the Infrastructure Act, where you did have some Republicans vote for it, I think that's a very strong display of bipartisanship and what can happen when both parties together. But the American people also can't forget how much they've tried to make lives worse. Victor, it is such a pleasure having you back. I hope you had a great holiday and I wish you a really happy new year. What is the best way for the miscreants and riffraff that make up our audience uh, to follow you and your work? First of all, thank you so much and hope you have a great New Year, too, and you had a great holidays. Um, in terms of where you can follow me, it seems like Twitter is still alive. So on Twitter, yeah. you can follow me at VictorShe2020. Um, I'm on Instagram, too, and um, you can follow me, uh, my podcast. I do one with Joe Wine Banks called iGen Politics, where you can follow wherever you follow your podcast, and then also on the move with Victor Sheet. Brilliant. So good to see you, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. We are going to take a Likewise. very quick break. And when we come back, it'll be open phones with your calls at 866-997-4748. This is Progress. We'll be right back. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. We are at 866-997-4748. Minimum wage increases in 23 states and Washington, D.C. took effect this week. 13 states have tied their minimum wage rate to the Consumer Price Index. Other states had increases set by legislation or ballot initiatives. These wage increases are part of a bigger trend. Lower income, lower skilled workers are getting bigger wage increases than higher earners in terms of the percentage. But the federal minimum wage floor is stuck still at seven twenty five an hour. It's the states that are leading and a growing number now have minimum wages of at least 15 bucks an hour. Let's go to someone who could never possibly be paid enough to match his brilliance. Bob Seska is host of The Bob Seska Show. Maybe you fell in love with his columns in Salon. Maybe you fell in love with his appearances on Stephanie Miller. We're always thrilled to have him class up the hump day. Subscribe to The Bob Seska Show for some of the best talks about political matters and music you can find. Mr. Seska, Happy New Year. I'm so glad you happy new year to you, too, John. Um, I'm so glad you brought up paychecks and minimum wage because I was thinking about Elon Musk, as Jeez. I normally do every Thoughts single prayers, goddamn yeah. day. Uh, lost two billion dollars so far because of playing grab ass on Twitter. And uh, he can lose two hundred billion dollars and still have one hundred thirty seven billion dollars. That's right. That's how much money that he still has at this point. He could give you. $30 billion, he would still have $107 billion. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Let's bring back that 90% tax he rate could, for he, billionaires. He could, huh? he could like get really into crank and cheap beer and blow $30 billion on scratch off yeah. games and he would still have $20 billion at least. Yeah. 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 That, you know what? 
And I think the smartest thing Elon did was kind of disappear a little bit over the holiday break. He sort of mm-hmm. began receding Thankfully, a bit. Thankfully, yeah. Unless you follow him on Twitter, where I, I'm sorry, I just think it's like the last scene of Scarface with this guy. I know this ends with a bunch of people having a home invasion and a pile of coke <laughs> on a desk. I mean, the man's not well. No one who wants to be Joe Rogan this bad is healthy. <laughs> And he's paid now uh, between the uh, price that he paid to actually buy Twitter and the money he's lost, $244 billion in order to become the most insufferable Twitter troll in the history of insufferable Twitter trolls. It's staggering. I mean, that's a gigantic amount of money. In fairness, though, he did a great social experiment. He found how many white guys are willing to give a billionaire eight dollars a month. And he, he's done that, <laughs> that now and, and verified means uh, the, the, the credit card cleared. That's what verified means on Twitter. Now. Oh, yeah. 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 I see that blue thing and it's an automatic signal to mute or block. <laughs> that's yeah, I agree. That's what it's become now for so many of us, I think. Yeah. So, you know, Bob, you know, 2022 ended with a, a real, real flurry of high profile men just fucking everything up. I mean, Donald Trump oh, yeah. carried the torch high, but, you know, Elon Musk really, really went for it. Kanye West got <laughs> into the game as well. Um, now, so far in 2023, it's the Kevin show. And yeah. What I keep coming back to is the guy had 16 years to make sure he had the votes. He came so <laughs> close to becoming speaker a couple of times already. He he walked into this seemingly confident that these 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 fascists would buckle. Yeah, absolutely. And I was good, looking through some of the numbers today and rewinding two years to Nancy Pelosi's last re-election as Speaker of the House in about this time in 2021. And uh, at that point in time, the Democrats had a 222 seat majority in the House Mm -hmm. of Representatives, 220 seats, 222 seats. That's the same number that Kevin McCarthy has right now, but with Republicans, of course. Amazing. He wasn't able to get (laughs) he wasn't able to get uh, that caucus to vote in unison to elect him speaker, whereas Nancy Pelosi uh, I think the total number that they needed for Speaker of the House two years ago was 216. That's right. Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi got 216. She, she lost one, one vote. One Democratic member of the House voted present. Present, two because, years and, ago. and they did it, and she knew they were going to do it because that was someone yeah. who got elected by running against her and promising, if you elect me, I'll never vote for Nancy Pelosi to be Speaker. And she mm-hmm. didn't worry because Nancy Pelosi works with the people who hate her. It's part of her brilliance how she managed to make yeah. that caucus come together. And you, you bring up a really good point, and I'm glad because it's funny. I mean, Kevin McCarthy got fewer votes yesterday. And today to become speaker in the majority party than he got two years ago when he was in the minority party. He got more yeah. votes in the minority party than he got when his party had the power. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And this comes from empowering Trumpism. This comes from empowering the weirdos and fascists and idiocrats on the Republican side. And this has been ongoing. We've talked about this on the show many times, John. 40 years now that this has been building since 1979, 1980 with the Reagan revolution and this empowering of kind of this folksy lowest common denominator yeah. style of politics where I, I would say, I would say Newt Gingrich turned it up quite a few notches. That is absolutely with true. You. Yes. Yeah, I'm yeah. With you. But if we yes. were, yeah, if we were to trace the evolutionary steps, probably Reagan was ideologically and economically, yeah. ideologically and economically, I would say Reagan behaviorally, I would, I would say Gingrich. Yeah. But, but like a streaming series, it's a slow burn. It's been a slow burn, slowly <laughs> turning that dial. They keep toward adding. the, yeah. These incredible new villains every couple of seasons. Yeah, that's <laughs> absolutely true. And reaching, obviously, a culmination with Donald Trump and the rise of uh, not only Donald Trump himself, but also the Trump adjacent copycats. And that includes people like Carrie Lake, obviously the entire rodeo clown caucus in the House of Representatives and Congress, which, by the way, you know what? When we talk about these 20 members of the House who keep voting against Kevin McCarthy, voting against their own leader in the House, uh, it kind of underemphasizes the fact that it's not just those 20 members of the House. It's not just those 20 Republicans who formed the Freedom Caucus or whatever they're calling themselves. It's the entire Republican Party. These just happen to be the people who are willing to do the stupid things 
uh, to their own party, to their yeah. to the fortunes of their would be speaker, their uh, their standard bearer on the House side. They're willing to screw around like this for I don't know what for the same thing. I guess it's like some sort of power trip. Maybe that's that it. They've it's got not going. about conservative ideology, is it, Bob? No. I mean, you can at least say Paul Ryan cared about the bullshit he was pushing all the time and fought for it. There, there's, there's no ideology here, which they showed yeah. in their platform in 2020. But th- these guys aren't. I mean, what are the concessions they're holding out for? Nothing to do with McCarthy being more conservative. He's so right. conservative. He's groveled to them on everything. They want it to be so that one member can automatically call for a vote to oust a speaker anytime they feel like it. I mean, it's just about the humiliation. They're fundraising off of this. I don't Mm -hmm. even think they want to be in the majority party. Today, Bob, it was the first time I ever saw any of these guys seem to really be enjoying the act of democracy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a lose-lose-lose proposition for them right now. On one hand, they look like idiots playing grab-ass with the Speaker of the House votes, and we're now six votes in now, and Kevin McCarthy still can't get elected because of these people. They And if they actually succeed in electing a Speaker in the next 24 or 48 hours, or whatever it happens to be, if ever, then they're already tainted. We're going to see a House of Representatives acting like the poop-flinging monkeys that they are, one kangaroo court hearing after another, digging into family members of Democrats to own the libs and all the rest of it. Yeah. And then the other losing proposition, though, isn't nearly as fun as observing those previous two. The other losing proposition here is democracy. This is a stain on democracy. What's happening in the House of Representatives right now is going to further erode support for democracy. It's going to further erode yeah. the public's perception of Congress which was already dirt low. I mean, we're talking about an approval number for Congress that's usually in the teens or 20s. And mm-hmm. now it's going to sink even lower to the point where there are going to be a lot of people out there who are going to say, what's even the relevance of having this so-called Congress? Why do we need these people? Why don't we just have a strongman, tin pot dictator run the whole thing? How about that? We'll just replace yeah. democracy with that. Because look how ineffectual they are. They can't even elect their own speaker. Then the other aspect of this, too, that I, I can kind of group into that third lose scenario is the fact that what the Republicans are able to do, what they may eventually be able to do, and think about it in the terms of the slow burn that I was talking about, Right. They may eventually get to the point where they don't even convene a House of Representatives if they win a majority. And what better way to drown the government in the bathtub than to not pass any appropriations through the That's House it. of Representatives because they haven't convened a House. They haven't sworn anyone in. And that's it. What do we do? And so that's that's the thing. There's a couple of fun things with the popcorn and it's great with the schadenfreude and all the rest of it. But on the other hand, this is making democracy look even worse than it did uh, in 2020, leading through the insurrection and beyond. So it's kind of a conundrum. Do you really think that? Because I'm sorry, I I see so many different positives coming from this. I think they're setting the tone for exactly how the next two years is going to be in this caucus. We're looking at a Democratic Party that did pretty well in these midterms, but you've got a president who's 80 now, so in two years he'll be 139, and you've got um, a Senate where they're especially vulnerable. We're already hearing the obituaries written for the Democrats in 2024 just as we did for 2022. And Mm -hmm. what I see here is uh, two years of nonstop clown show. I mean, Bob, it's 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 a train wreck inside of a shit show adjacent to a dumpster fire all at once. (laughs) It's hard to pull that off, but they did it. And you're going to have Hakeem Jeffries and his team just kind of learning how their machine runs. You're going to have Joe Biden showing up for events with Mitch McConnell, who, by the way, Mitch McConnell being bipartisan today was a direct fuck you to both Kevin McCarthy and all the MAGAs. Absolutely. And you're going to see the Democratic Party really benefiting because what we see the last two days, I think, is going to be metaphorically exactly what we get for the next two years, regardless of the sad sack or rat bastard who gets the speaker's gavel. Yeah, you know what? I agree with that. I I think the there is a best case scenario in all of this, and that is a ruling party in the Democratic Party where the Republicans become almost like what David Frum has been writing about uh, over the last few years, which is that. 
the Republicans would end up being some sort of permanent opposition party, you know, just this group of uh, politicians who are there to just keep the other guys honest. And right. that's the way it was through much of the 20th century, uh, where we were able to build this vibrant middle class, where we were able to defeat Nazi Germany and Imperial Japan and overcome a depression and put a man on the moon and <laughs> develop the Internet. These were all things that we did throughout the course of having more or less democratic control of Congress. And yeah. that wasn't a bad thing. And it'll be a good thing if we get to that place again. But, but you know, I, I am deeply concerned about the future of democracy in this country, irrespective of how this Speaker of the House oh, vote goes. So am I. So, so am I. Yeah, so I just, that's you, just my ongoing concern. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm not even a Democrat and I never have been, but I'm concerned about democracy. And so I know Republicans fucking up on historic public levels is long term better for democracy than Republicans appearing yep. competent and Democrats appearing you know, weak. I mean, Bob, five years ago, we were still dealing with the horrors of the Bernie faction and the Hillary faction hating each other all the time. I think Nancy mm -hmm. Pelosi's greatest achievement may go down as getting those two warring factions on the same side to save health care in this country. Oh, yeah. I, I want to take yeah. a, I want to take a call if possible. And then I want to ask you a sure. question about about McCarthy and money. Uh, but so okay. many people are waiting on hold and we're going to get to all of you tonight. Let's say hello to Mike in Michigan. Hey, Mike, you're on with Bob Seska. Uh, this is a great to hear from you guys. You guys are really some interesting things happening. But uh, this whole thing with uh, McCarthy, you know, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I, I was a little late getting on your show listening because I was listening to John Hennedy argue with Lauren Boebert. <laughs> oh, oh, porn oh, for the so angels. sad I missed porn, that. Porn for the angels. <laughs> it, it was pretty good. I mean, Boebert actually said this. He said, hey, maybe I'll just... Uh, nominate donald trump she to be speaker? Said that. i hope she yeah. will i'm i'm all into that that's fine with me <laughs> the party it's, has it's, started i agree yeah. i think the inter you know what okay, also we got to be honest january january bob it's not usually a time for quality entertainment january is <laughs> mm. when they dump the really shitty liam neeson action movies where he's <laughs> like beating right. up you know black guys 30 years younger than him that's january it's it's horrible films get dumped now we're getting real yeah. entertainment in fact, the Red Letter Media guys on YouTube refer to January for movies as, fuck you, it's January. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. Mike, I thank you for the call. So, Bob, here's interesting. I was reading the uh, the Bulwark earlier today because I like to read sane conservative publications and see what they're saying. And um, Jonathan last pointed out, McCarthy isn't a rich guy. And once his political career is over, he'll need income. The MAGA grift isn't available to him, so he'll have to do it the old-fashioned way, meaning that he'll need to avoid becoming a laughingstock and or a reviled figure in Republican circles in order to get a spot at the corporate slop trough. I mean, all of these guys are going to be lobbyists someday anyway. And oh, when yeah. you think about it, yeah, McCarthy is not a Matt Gates. He's not a Trump. He doesn't have daddy's money to fall back on. So is there a reasonable chance that he will step away because of the humiliation, He's, he says he's the only Republican who can get 218 votes, but he sure hasn't proven that yet. I, I don't know, because you'd think he would have stepped away after like three failed speaker votes. You know, you, you I mean, the smart money would have been to step away at that point in time. I don't know that Kevin McCarthy is a very smart guy. Obviously, he's, he's savvy. Not. He knows how to work his way up the power structure in uh, on the Hill. But he's never struck me as a particularly brilliant guy. I mean, he's he likes to blurt things um, that probably don't make him look very good or the people around him look very good. And he's not he's not the best speaker in the world. So I was thinking, I he mean, really actual isn't. talker, because I was thinking, well, maybe he goes after he resigns and then goes and, and starts up his own podcast. But if you've heard him speak extemporaneously or even with prepared remarks, He's all over the place. There's something. Oh, yeah. Rachel Maddow no, did a thing about him like 10 years ago, how he could, how he just fumbled this foreign policy yeah. speech about he was talking about this, the country of Hungary and it just didn't make any sense. And so I, I don't think that's in the cards for him either. Uh, suffice to say, he's going to have a difficult time, I think. And, and kind of makes you long for the regard, substance of a John Boehner, doesn't he? For the substance yeah. and empathy of a John Boehner. Yeah. Yeah. So I think in that regard, he's going to stay put where he is. I don't think he's going to resign from Congress, but he just will take a, a lesser role and, and kind of shut his mouth and <laughs> lick his wounds and yeah. not, uh, you know, be in the public eye too much. 
Well, Bob, I'd be most remiss if I didn't ask your thoughts about Donald Trump's tax returns, um, a lot of which uh, have now been released. People have been pouring over it yeah. for the last few days. Uh, you know, I, what, what are your thoughts? I, I actually felt that there was quite a lot in there. But if you weren't offended by mocking disabled people, you're not going to mind what's in there. No, even though every taxpayer in this country should be outraged by his tax returns, not just the amount of money or lack of money that he actually paid in, not just the amount of money that he received back from the federal government. I think in one year was five point three million dollars in a tax refund uh, one year paying seven hundred fifty dollars one year but two twenty twenty paying zero in taxes wrote off this he wrote off the stormy daniels payment michael cohen went to jail for it and trump wrote it off it's incredible and as soon as this house of representatives convenes they're going to be investigation investigation after um uh, against uh joe biden and hunter biden regarding yes. this whole china thing Thank which God. emerges out of one line from a dubious email in in the alleged hunter biden laptop slash hard drive whatever the hell it is and we don't even know if the line is legitimate something about paying the big guy and implying joe biden getting some yeah. sort of payoff from china in this deal it's hardly there's hardly any substance there right. if any at all and yet Donald Trump has been paying taxes in China. He's got an he's got Trump Chinese International offices in Shanghai. He's That's got a right. Chinese bank account. He's he's rented two floors of Trump Tower to the largest national bank of China. I mean, up to his eyeballs, up to his ridiculous haircut in mm-hmm. Chinese money. And the Republicans are going to be investigating Joe Biden over one line that may not even be a legitimate line yeah. in an email. Yeah, of course. Unbelievable. But but again, but it's because they're not serious about governance. The investigation yeah. is going to be for Fox News. They're going to be having speeches every night. What they are going to do is deliver content to the Hannity, Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson shows. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go anywhere. Their only goal is to rile up those white people drooling on the clicker and keep them angry until 2024. That's all yes. it's going to be for. It's going to be Obamacare, repeal votes, what, what have you. So before I let yeah. you go, Mr. Seska, in our final minute, isn't it nice that George Santos found a home where he belongs. Isn't it, <laughs> isn't it nice that they adopted this stray puppy and, and now they have a mascot? I, I find it lovely seeing him. Where else is he going to go where he's going to fit in like this Congress? You know, I keep thinking about that movie uh, Shattered Glass about Stephen Glass mm-hmm. who's a writer for New Republic and he just made up a bunch of stories and then got caught and then tried to wiggle out of being caught. It was an amazing movie, Shattered Glass. Yeah, with Hayden Christensen. It's Hayden's great uh, non-Anakin role wonderful wonderful cringe movie but that's what it reminds me of it's like i I keep expecting to read that george santos founded a business called juked micronics (laughs) and then it's got a aol personal homepage (laughs) from 1997 that's what i keep anticipating here because it's that kind of cringe awkward lie after lie retconning the previous lie almost like a brian cranston character kind of (laughs) but hey bob hey bob at least the media calls him fabulist. They'll never run out of ways to avoid calling liars liars. Oh, How do our God. listeners follow you, Mr. Seska, and keep up with all your doings? Uh, my podcast is bobseskashow.com. That's also my Patreon page if you want to support my work. So that's where you find it. You're the best, Bob. Happy New Year. It's great to see you. We got to get a quick you, John. break. Take care. Thank you. We'll, we'll be right back with your calls. This is Progress. I'm John Fugel saying this is progress after dark. Let me go to Grant in the beautiful state of Missouri. Hi, Grant. Welcome. Oh, hi, John. Let what? me tell my best girl that I'm on the air so she can listen. Okay. Christina. Hello. I'm on the air. You can listen. Go in and listen. Hi. Hey, John. Thanks okay. For, thanks for picking up, John. I'll try to be nice tonight. I, okay. I will, too. Okay. You just you just mentioned Buttigieg. Or you didn't mention Buttigieg. I did, I did last not. night. Okay. Did you hear the story, what he did? Today. Which story about this? Which story are we talking about, Buttigieg? The, he, him and his husband, Chaston, went to the Invictus Games. And you know how they got there? No. On the military dime that you so despise. So, anyway. I, I despise the military di- I despise the military yeah, dime? Just, just a minute ago, you said, you know, right, the military gets, it, gets whatever it wants. Didn't you just say that? Oh, yeah, I agree with Ron Paul that our, our Pentagon should be audited, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. So, yeah. But anyway, I'm just a small town guy in Parkville, Missouri, that was raised in a 
used to be a slave town and, and did volunteer work on the only single room Negro schoolhouse in the town. And mm-hmm. I guess I'm still considered a, a white racist by your standards, I guess. Correct. I don't know. Are you a racist? No, I'm not. I'm really not. Okay. I don't think well, I am, but I've had my family tell me I am, but I can't see it. But, you know, nobody sees. Well, well faults, you, you right? know, you, let me ask you, you know, you know, be, being a bigot and being a racist aren't the same thing. You know that, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you can have black friends and still be part of the problem. And a lot of well-intentioned white people, uh, I've been there myself at different times in my life where I thought I was, you know, so evolved and emancipated in my thinking. And I was actually just pushing stereotypes because I needed to learn and grow. And it just happens. I had a short story for you. I have a, I'm a general contractor carpenter by trade. And mm-hmm. and and uh, this lady had called me up and said, my dad needs some work done. And I came over and visited with him. And this lady was uh, uh, adopted by this man. This man happened to be a, a black veteran from Vietnam War. And she mm-hmm. warned him. She He uh, he told me later that, that she didn't like me. But okay. this guy ended up loving me. And I'm going, okay. this is a crazy world. I got white people hating on me and black people loving me. It's crazy. Well, um, I'm glad that you have a black friend. I think that's cool. Uh, I, I'm died. sorry that you he, have he this. Was on, he was on oxygen and passed away after shortly after I had met him. We we had oh. a relationship for about a year or so. So anyway. Well, you know what? Fortunately, hey, uh, you're in a state with hey, a, you're in a you state with the, a lot of fantastic black ticker? people. Pardon me. Did you just hear the ticker? They're going to put the Colorado governor up against Biden for 24. Oh, who's yeah. going to put him up against Biden for 24? Who's going to yep. put Biden? Who, who's your they? Biden guy is. Uh, if you guys run him again, uh, you won't. You guys won't be winning. I don't. I'm, I'm not a Democrat. I didn't run him last time. I he wasn't my not. top I'm choice. Not, I'm not a Republican either. Like, okay. I was telling you, you guys so are listen, Coke and Pepsi. I, you, Democrats you know, are you know, are Coke and Pepsi. They're the same party, dude. Same. No, party. they're not the same party. No, they're not and the same party. No, no, no. I. Uh, they used to be a lot more alike than they are now. They're both way too comfy with big military budgets. They're both way too comfy with lobbyist cash. I will go exactly. off on the Democrats all day. But and you want to talk about women's reproductive freedoms? You want to talk about wages for working Americans? You want to talk about health care coverage, access to education? There's no contest. The Democrats are so much more fighting for working people than Republicans. I voted for Ralph Nader twice. I voted for Ralph Nader against Bill Clinton in the 90s. I once gave Ralph Nader a check on Bill Mars show. I can't say anymore the two parties are exactly the same. They they have way too much in common, but the Democrats are, are light years different than the, the GOP. The GOP's oh, gone in a very different direction the since are better than the Republicans. Only at fighting for working people and non millionaires. Republicans are much better at fighting for, for people who have wealth already. Um and fighting for corporations. Wealth? Nothing. I have I have nothing against wealth. I, I don't You're like privilege that has no appreciation. You're not gonna let me answer a question. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. So listen, I, Pete Buttigieg, what's what's your issue exactly with him taking a military aircraft to the Invictus Games? This was a year ago. Well, you know. I, I'm not sure. I, I'm kind of conflicted on this because he's supposed to, you know, he 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 slammed on Southwest, yet he doesn't want to take was a, a commercial year. flight. But he was Wouldn't heading that be more the U.S. in a military flight. I'm, that's, that's my he only was, thinking on the thing. He was leading the American delegation to the games. Well. Is that part of his role in the, as the Department of Transportation to go to the games? That's I don't. I mean, Tammy Duckworth was on the plane. Spend your time. I don't. I'm not sure. Tammy Duckworth was on the plane with him. Uh, Deputy okay, Veterans Affairs Secretary sense. Remy was on the plane. Air Force Undersecretary Gene Ortiz Jones were on the delegation. There was, and they flew on a military plane because the Invictus Games are for wounded, injured, and sick service members. And Pete Buttigieg is a member of this oh, cabinet who served in the armed sense. forces. I get, okay, I get it now. I get it now. I didn't hear the whole story. I'm, I apologize. I didn't hear the whole story. That's okay. okay. You didn't do it to me, but I'm just saying you don't listen. It, it's better for all of us if we don't automatically assume the worst about other people all the time just because we disagree politically right okay so hold on i got one question for you sure why is it when when conservatives talk about you guys they don't name call but when you guys talk about conservatives or whatever you guys name call why is that when you say conservatives, you're talking about Donald Trump? Who, like stupid, ignorant, or... Who are the people who don't... You, you, you voted for Donald Trump and you don't like name-calling? I didn't that vote what I'm for hearing? Donald Trump. Who'd you vote for? I didn't vote. 
Why didn't you vote? I told you, the Democrats and the Republicans are the same. I, I don't vote anymore. I they're not voting. the same, and there's so many third parties, so you didn't vote. Okay, because you defend Republicans a lot. And see, I, I really thought you were a Republican well, because you're... I, you're... I, I defend because I'm a, I'm a religious man, so I'm going to tend to be on the conservative side, correct? I'm yeah, we had this conversation last night. Liberal. I don't understand that either. Jesus is one of the most famous liberal figure in, in history, literature, spirituality, whatever you want to talk about it. said, do right by yourself, too. Right. Well, that's that's good advice. Uh, I'm not sure which verse you're referring to, but we had this conversation last night. I mean, I, I, I did. Bible OK, well, stuff. I forgot half that shit. We so. had this conversation last night. Matter. And, and w- what I what I said to you was what's very powerful to me is that when I look at the two parties platforms, I see the Democrats who don't claim to be religious, but they're fighting for the actual things Christ talked about helping the poor helping the sick welcoming the stranger less violence more health care being kind to those in prison i could go on i see the republicans talk a lot about religion and what people in religions want but i don't see republicans in the politics or in the media fighting for any of the teachings of christ and as someone who cares a lot about the bible and has read the new testament quite a few times um it's very powerful for me i i don't see where there's any respect to the teachings of the gospels in the entire republican party platform i i can't name a single jesus teaching that this party fights for and obviously donald trump is the opposite of pretty much everything jesus taught so i don't understand people who follow jesus and then support republicans because i i don't see what they have in common well, I guess I had a thought I just lost, and and my best girl came in and gave me, you just fucked up, Grant. <laughs> okay, well, hi to your best girl, but you didn't fuck up at all. We're just having a friendly conversation, right? Yeah, exactly. I tend to get a little passionate when I, you know, I know. talk about these things, and I don't mean I respect to be that. passionate. And well, then look, I, I apologize for getting out of control with you. I, it's okay. And, Listen, so. I know you're a good guy. I know you're a good guy, and I hope you know I'm not your enemy. So I will be your happy liberal no, pal, not. Grant. You call in any time. We can we can do it like this. Keep it really fun. I encourage you. Go check the scripture. Find what Jesus talked about. Show me where the Republican Party gives a shit about it. And I'll listen and hear you out. I haven't found it yet. So I, I hope you have a great evening. I got to go because I got to hit a break. But call up any time. You're welcome here. I, I thank you. Happy New Year.